Thanks for downloading this IMSA radio podcast. It's for personal use only and must not be broadcast, reproduced or used in any form without permission. Tell your friends they can get their own copy by visiting imsaradio.com or search for IMSA radio wherever they get their podcasts. Live from Trackside, this is IMSA Radio. Hello everybody and welcome to Canadian Tire Motorsport Park Super Saturday. We've got a busy day for you, even though we only have a couple of events to cover here on IMSA Radio. Uh, We have racing today, we have qualifying today and of course we've got the big main event tomorrow as well. Across the world on RS2, this is IMSA Radio. The WeatherTech Sports Car Championship on IMSA Radio. Let's head straight down to the pit lane. Shay is on site for us here on IMSA Radio, part of the Radio Show Limited network of channels and across the world on RS2. Good morning, Shay. Weather up to your high expectations? <laughs> Good morning, Don, and welcome to Canada. Beautiful weather here north of the border, and it's a bit chilly this morning. We're only at about 17 degrees C, as we'll do the weather in C since we are north of the border, and that's how they operate. But uh, by normal standards, we're in two layers, so it is not warm out yet this morning. Should be very conducive to some quick lap times, though, as we had in practice one for yesterday's session. Although I am missing a car so far out here on the pit lane, waiting at the pit out end of things. The very last box on the lane belongs to fan favorite Rexy. That is AO Racing. That car, I have just been informed, will not be participating in this practice session. She's having open heart surgery. So send your best wishes to Rexy. Uh, She'll be back out for qualifying a little bit later on. And no, this doesn't have anything to do with the fact that AO is indeed qualifying in Monza in a few minutes. And the crew just wanted to watch that instead. (laughs) I'm not sure about that. That uh, that could be uh, the the case. We will have qualifying over on RS1, interrupting uh, the uh, 12 hours at uh, at Estoril, which is happening this weekend. We've got that in sound and vision, and of course, uh, we've got NLS busy four event weekend for Radio Show Limit and the RSL uh, set of channels. We did have some uh, practice yesterday. Uh, in the afternoon, Shay, and it didn't uh, necessarily go all well for everybody. What's the follow-up there? Uh, The biggest story of the day was the fact that Junior 3 Racing was tardy to the situation and they came out with about half an hour left in the session. But that's all it took for Garrett Griss to go to the top of the charts. They had a broken header when they rolled off the truck and fired it up yesterday morning. So it took nearly the entire day to get that changed, fixed. And the good news is the car does have a lot of pace to it. And local hometown hero Garrett Grist, very excited about being back here at CTM. But as far as the top of the charts were concerned, it was the 60, Meyer Shank Racing Acura. Colin Brown, a man who's won here five times before, teamed up with Tom Lundqvist, the pole sitter from last year, and the guy who set the fastest lap in the race overall. 
they're a very potent combination, and they proved that through practice one yesterday. In the GT class, we had Corvette Racing back on the top of the charts there, and it looks like it's going to be anyone's game as far as GTD is concerned, but it was Porsche that led the way with Volts Racing and Trent Hittman for that first session. So very strong opening to the day, but very different conditions to what we've got this morning. For qualifying, though, they should be very similar to what we saw yesterday, and that means good news for people who like it when track records fall. Let's bring in Jeremy Shaw uh, with me in the Global Broadcast Centre for IMSA this weekend. Jeremy, good morning, very early in the morning where you are. Uh, that session yesterday uh, with uh, GT times in particular, GTD times, uh, looking uh, decent yesterday. What should we be looking for in terms of times and what did you pick out of that session yesterday? Yeah, good morning. Good morning, John. Good morning, everybody. It was uh, incredibly close. That's what I took out of yesterday's first practice session of the weekend here at Canadian Time Motorsport Park. Keep going, Jeremy. And uh, it was, it was uh, in, in all of the classes, times were really, really close. There was a very fast lap uh, uh, towards the end by Colin Brown that, uh, that moved he, the number 60 Maya Shank race with Kerbag Jenny car ahead of the rest by by a goodly margin, but the, all of the other GTP cars were incredibly closely matched. And what sort of times should we be looking for? We've got the, the first session that is out at the moment, of course, is for the non-pro classes. So it's GTD, the green uh, number backgrounds, uh, and the LMP3 cars that are out uh, at, the at the moment will be setting new records for uh, GTP, of course. They've not been here before, and we're looking forward to that. But what sort of times do you think we should be looking for here in this early running this morning? Well, it's hard to say, John, to be perfectly honest, because uh, the GTP cars uh, are, are very different to, to the, to, to the um, DPIs that we've seen in the past. We've seen lap times generally maybe a second, second and a half slower on the other tracks that we've been to compared to DPI, because, of course, these GTP cars are very, very early in their gestation periods. I mean, the, the teams are still learning uh, an awful lot about these cars, so it, it's hard to say. Uh, but uh, yeah, the other classes were, were pretty close to their the lap record times yesterday in uh, in the first practice session. Uh, the, the lap record, the race lap record for DPI was set last year by Tom Blomquist at 105.987. Uh, yesterday's fastest time was at 107.3, so about a second and a half off. Uh, and uh, and Colin Brown yesterday, the time he set was a full three quarters of a second quicker than anybody else. That's Jeremy Shaw. Uh, Shea Adam is down in the pit lane, getting some times coming in now with Joao Barbosa and Sean Creech Motorsport in the least year. Number 33, fastest with a 117.5, 118.6 for Ore Fadani, very much on home ground for AWA in the number 13, Duquesne. And Anthony Mantella uh, in the other Duquesne uh, is right in there. Expect those times to come down. Bill Oberlin just goes through past the start-finish line in the number 97, Turner Motorsport. Uh, that's the BMW with a 118.0. The circuit looking an absolute picture this morning what a way to wake up what is traditionally a big and knowledgeable crowd this weekend hello to you all uh, listening in at the track good to have your company this morning 
Uh, don't forget, we will have live qualifying in sound and vision here in Canada, the US, and indeed worldwide this afternoon. No subscription, no blocks, no breaks. Uh, and you can tell your friends who aren't at the track or even possibly get us trackside, burn a bit of data and watch the stunning images from our colleagues at NASCAR Productions this afternoon for qualifying for the WeatherTech Sports Car Championship. This is the final practice session. Sean Creech Motorsport going through turn uh, the turn at the far side of the circuit, Moss Corner, turn six, uh, and heading down the long Andretti straight. Let's go back down to Shea Adam in the pit lane. Shea? Good morning, John. Yeah, we are now having more cars out on the circuit, but a couple of cars diving back into the pit lane, including the number four. This is the other car that had massive issues in yesterday's practice session. This is the Ave Motorsports LMP3 car by Antoine Camus and George Stikos. When George was out on the track yesterday, he actually lost the right rear wheel. So I'm pleased to see this car back out on the track and after an installation lap, it's back in. Tony Ave's crew having a close look over to make sure that the wheel is indeed staying on today. Uh, always good, I feel, <laughs> yes. At uh, IMSA Radio, if you'd like to give us a shout on Twitter, at IMSA Radio. Yes, we're still on Twitter. We're in uh, to... Uh, we're into threads as well and building that uh, just in case. But for, the, for this weekend, we'll stick on Twitter if you don't mind. Hello to Dave Olcock, who's tuned in. Switching backwards and forwards between Creventic and uh, IMSA. Uh, NLS uh, going on at the moment. Got the full crew out this weekend. As far as guys are concerned with uh, Jeremy and Shea and myself looking after the bulk of what's going on here at Canadian Tire Motorsport Park looking forward to seeing the GTPs qualifying. We were robbed, Jeremy. We were robbed of the GTPs qualifying at Watkins Glen with a bit of bad weather a couple of weeks ago. Look set fair for later on today. And for those on their way to the track at the moment, do not miss that because that is going to be spectacular with a capital spectacular. Well, it really is, John. I mean, gosh, what a start to the season we've had uh, for the GTP cars. We've had uh, uh, five races so far. Four different manufacturers this season, uh, and uh, all of them now have, have a victory to their name. So it's been an incredible start to the season, amazingly competitive, and just uh, just a lot of fun too. Big speed also from these cars. Uh, they make their they make their their, their pace in, in a very different way to the DPIs. They're much faster at the end of the straightaways, um, um, but they're but they're a good bit slower because they have more downforce, a much bigger car. Uh, through the middle of the corners. So uh, this track here, it's going to be interesting to see what sort of pace we have once the GTP cars really show their, their speed in qualifying. Let's uh, head down for our first interview of the weekend here on IMSA Radio, RS2, part of the Radio Show Limited network of channels. Shit, Adam is just searching out Phil Ellis and I think has found him. Oh, yes, there he is. Yep, on top of the pit box once again for Windward. And Phil, welcome back. We missed you the last weekend out. But you're back at CTP, a track that was very good to you last year. Fastest lap. And this is where your luck turned around last year. Do you feel like you can make that happen again this year? 
Well, uh, obviously it's nice to be back, so uh, thank you, of course. And uh, yeah, I hope so. I mean, uh, as I said, this was our turning point last year. Um, it feels a bit similar this year, unfortunately, uh, with the beginning of the season we had. Um, so far, it looks a bit uh, tougher, of course, uh, this year um, with the weight we have in the car. Uh, but we'll see. It looks very close so far. Um, we'll probably have a, a better idea afterwards in qualifying. Um, and then it's a really hard track to pass. So qualifying will be super important here. And uh, of course, I hope that we can carry the same or similar momentum we had last year in the second half of the season. This is a very old school track. As you mentioned, it's hard to pass, but it's also very rewarding when you manage to get the passes done. So how much do you use the faster cars to get the passes done for the GT class? I mean, to be honest, it's the only option you have, really. Um, I had a, a battle with Maxime last year for over one hour uh, for the lead, and the only options you really had was when a prototype came past and opened a gap for you. Everything else, you know, it's, it's almost too high risk to really send it in there because everything's so fast and even the hairpin. You're coming down the hill and you're kind of already turning in, so there's almost no, no, uh, yeah, no space for a second car on the inside. So uh, it's very high risk here to overtake and both have to uh, play the game. But uh, to be honest, if you have an experienced guy in front, it's, it's usually not possible. Now, I noticed that you and Bryce are sitting up here on the top bit of the pit box, multitasking, also watching the DTM. Windward has expanded across many different platforms of racing. So how difficult is it to keep concentrated on IMSA when you've also got another program going on simultaneously? You know, it's it's nice to keep up with uh, the European race as well. Um, of course, now, especially in Norris Ring, where I've been uh, two years ago as well. So, um, and as I said, with the team, we just keep watching both sides. Uh, we try to watch qualifying. Well, even though it's a bit early usually um, for us over here, but uh, you know, it's just nice to keep up with everything that's happening in racing, especially within the team. Thanks. I'll let you get back to watching. Good luck this weekend. Thank you. And now back to Jeremy in the IMSA Global Broadcast booth. Yeah, thanks, Jay. And uh, good to hear from Phil Ellis. Uh, having missed that race at uh, Watkins Glen, back here with us at Canadian Time Motorsport Park. This, of course, is the, the, uh, the weird session of the weekend. This is FP2, free practice session two. It's an hour and 45 minutes uh, long in total, but the first 15 minutes, uh, and we're now 10 minutes into that, is for the non-pro categories only. So uh, LMP3 and GTD only, Not no GTD pros, no GTP uh, cars in this session. Uh, early parts, now we've got four only of the, well, we've got five LMP3 cars out on track at the moment. We heard from uh, Shay Adam about the the missing uh, car that's uh, not not out on track yet in this session, but uh, f four of them. Oh no, they are they're all now out on racetrack. Okay, that's good. Uh, Gar Robinson is uh, had set the fastest time in the uh, first uh, seven laps that he's competed. One minute thirteen point three three nine for Gar. That's about a second slower than the fastest time that was set in practice yesterday by Garrett Grist in the Junior Three racing car number thirty. So 113.3 for Gar Robinson in car number 74. That's the uh, Riley Motorsports Ligier, uh, followed by du two Duquesnes at the moment as uh, Robinson goes faster again. Now 112.8 for the Texan in car number 74. He's now got three quarters of a second in hand over local driver Ori Fidani in car number 13. Uh, and his AWA teammate Anthony Mantella in car number 17 is right behind him. Those two their best time so far. 113.5 for Ori Fidani, 113.8 for Anthony Mantella. Fourth fastest at the moment for Sean Creech Motorsports is Joao Barbosa 
who's completed six laps and just brought that number 33 car into the pits, having set a best time so far of 113.9. In GTD, Mikhail Grenier, who is at the top of the charts at the moment, Team Port of Sports and other the Mercedes. We heard from Russell Ward, who's driving the Windward car this weekend. Mikhail Grenier is fastest, so in the GCD at the moment with a 115.840. Shay. I've just spotted a driver climbing out of a Porsche. Uh, yesterday, he took to the top of the charts. Hasn't been the case so far yet this morning for Trent Hinman, but he is involved in a very uh, descriptive brief, trying to get the Volt Racing Porsche ready for the race this weekend. And they did actually manage to do a test just last week, which Alan Brynjolfsson said was instrumental in him feeling comfortable in this car. Did spins in yesterday's practice session, but if you're not spinning, you're not trying hard enough. Uh, although it was in the same corner for both of them. So let's see if we can dive in with Trent and just interrupt this really quickly, because this is a track that he and Alan have had moderate success at in the Michelin Pilot Challenge Series. It's a very different thing to drive a GT3 Porsche around CTMP. What's it like to know that you've got all this fan support behind you, though, because you're wearing the right brand? <laughs> Was that a pun? The right brand? Um, it's good. It's refreshing. I mean, um, I've got a I've got a long history here at CTMP. Um, you know, even going back to the days of driving Formula Fords with Brian Graham. I know he's here this weekend. Shout out to Brian, but. Um, this place is so special. It's so unique compared to anywhere else we go. Um, we're fortunate to get here for a, for a quick run last week right after the Watkins Glen. So big thank you to the to the Wright Motorsports guys for making that turnaround happen. I think that extra preparation really helped us out. Because, again, this place is so unique. Any additional seat time that you can get around here is always going to help no matter how, you know, I've been fortunate to be driving here for almost 10 years now. But still, I can always use more laps. Super envious of that by the way, and every lap, it's just got to put a smile on your face. But you guys got a bit of help with the BOP after not being able to really battle as much at Watkins Glen. Do you feel like this weekend you've got a car that can't get to the podium? For sure. I mean, we're in the mix. Um, the dreaded word, the dreaded acronym, nobody nobody ever really wants to hear it, but it's an unfortunate reality of where we're at right now. Um, you know, at the end of the day, my job, Alan's job, everybody's job on this Wright Motorsports Volt Racing pit box is... Um, to focus on what we can control. Um, BOP is not one of those factors that we can. So to me, there's no no point in wasting energy worrying about it. We just got to maximize what we have. I think we're doing that here, and we're going to continue doing that. So winning a practice session had to feel pretty good then? <laughs> it's, it is nice. It, it is a bit of a, a psychological gain. It's you know no secret. We've had some tough moments this year, but I'm really proud of this entire team for continuing to come together, uh, put just their maximum effort, everybody, their maximum effort into, into what we're doing here. And um, fortunately, when those items in, outside of our control do fall our way, we're more than prepared to take advantage of the opportunity. Good things are coming, Trent. Good luck this weekend. Thanks, Shay. Yeah, thanks very much, uh, Trent Hinman there, talking about Brian Graham Racing, who runs, uh, Brian is a, a former racer himself, based not too far from here at Canadian Time. As Sport Park has been running Formula Ford cars or F1600 as they know now for many, many years. He's uh, brought a lot of drivers through the ranks uh, who've come up, even from from, uh, from the United States, come up north of the border to gain some experience in these sorts of cars. And uh, he's, uh, he's certainly helped a lot of young youngsters along their way to the top levels of the motorsport, Trent Hinman being just one of them. GTB cars now out onto the uh, racetrack for the first time. 
and uh, we for the next uh, hour and a half these cars are going to be on track for the final 15 minutes of the session the non-pro cars i.e lmp3 and gtd they will vacate the racetrack so for the final 15 minutes it'll be gtp cars only along with gtd pro so those cars getting up to speed just looking down the fastest times and in GTD at the moment it is the uh, Michael Grenier car of Team Courthoff Motorsports sharing a car with Mike Skeen this is Michael Grenier from Canada of course so uh, carrying the local colours there uh, 115.8 is the fastest time in this session for him Frankie Montecalvo second fastest for Vassa Sullivan that's car number 12 the Lexus RCF GT3 that team, they've been, they've been fast all season in GTD, but finally last time out at Watkins Glen, gaining that team's first win of the season in GTD, so moving right back into the points chase. Third position is the turn of most of what BMW, kind of a 96, Patrick Gallagher, at a 116.0, so the top three within two-tenths of a second at the moment. Fourth fastest, the Lamborghini. Only one Lamborghini this weekend. That's number 78, Carla Forte Racing, powered by US Racetronics. Loris Spinelli driving the car in the early part of this session at 116.2. Almost identical time set by Madison Snow in the Paul Miller Racing BMW and Alec Udell in the Kelly Moss with Riley Cunbus at 92. That's one of two Porsche 911 GT3Rs run by that team. Bill Oberlin, seventh fastest at, in GTD at the moment. And watching these uh, GTD cars getting up to speed. We saw some really fast times. Yes, really close times yesterday. It was super closely matched uh, by all the cars at the front of the field in GTD. And that's something I think we can expect for the rest of the weekend as well. The fastest time yesterday uh, was by that's interesting the, the, the time chart I, I printed out yesterday was from this is really confusing to be perfectly honest it says 2022 on there that's rather weird um, so someone's a little bit behind on the on the, on the charts uh, but uh, the fastest time yesterday was a, a 107.3 by uh, Colin Brown, and no cars yet fully. Oh, there's for the first uh, representative lap time, or first quickish lap time by Alexander Sims in car number 31. That's the Action Express Cadillac, the car that won at Sebring earlier on this season. And if you were watching with us uh, a few weeks ago, a couple of weeks ago at Watkins Glen International, uh, if you didn't find out afterwards, the car that won on the road was later put to the back after failing post-race technical inspection, the Porsche of Nick Tandy and Matthew Jaminet was found to have a skid block that was uh, didn't meet the, the minimum specifications. So that was put to the back, and that meant that the number uh, 25 BMW M Hybrid V8 of Colin Filippi and Nick Yellowly had given up the lead just about a couple of minutes before that late full-course caution that was caused by uh, a big crash for Bill Oblin at the penultimate corner. Nick Yellowly and Conor DeFreeby then granted that victory. And as a result of that, Pipa Durrani and Alexander Sims will 
retain the championship points lead coming to this weekend. 1,602 points for Pipa Durrani and Alexander Sims, number 31 within engineering Cadillac, to the 15.38 now of Connolly Filippi and Nick Yellowley, the BMW in second position in the driver's points table. The Porsche, Nick Jaminet and Matthew, ja- Matthew Jaminet, excuse me, and Nick Tandy, uh, just 11 points behind in third position. And then another short gap back to Renga van der Zander and Sebastian Bourdais in the second of the Cadillacs. That's the Cadillac Racing Chip Ganassi run, car number 01. And the 31, yeah. Jeremy, was the first car ready to go out as soon as the session began because, of course, they had the best pit box. But it was Alexander Sims driving the car out to the pit lane, already helmeted and ready to go about 20 minutes before the session even kicked off. Uh, you were talking about BMW and the MRLL, so I've wandered down to their pit box, their pit stanchion. Good morning, Nick Galilee. Welcome to CTMP. This place is pretty awesome, isn't it? Yeah, it's a bit crazy. Um, I like it. I love high-speed circuits, so... Um, got a few laps in yesterday, tried to learn the circuit, um, get back used to the GTP cars, having raced the GT last year, last week, sorry, um, and yeah, enjoying it so far. Well, first and foremost, congratulations on two races and two wins. That's got to feel like you're on a pretty nice roll all of a sudden. Yeah, yeah, I mean, at the moment it's very nice. Obviously, we've got uh, another race here to try and take advantage of and try and do as well as we can uh, to keep our roll going in GTP. Um, fingers crossed we can, yeah, have a good weekend here as well. You're a big sim racing guy. What's it like to be here and feel all the undulations in person? Yeah, it's much different to the work that we've done on the sim. Um, you never get that qu- quite dialed in, to be honest, in any simulator I've ever driven. Um, so, yeah, when you walk it for the first time and you see, you know, the hill down turn two and whatnot and then all the bumps in turn four, um, it's a bit of a, I wouldn't say a shock, but a bit of an eye-opener. Uh, a bit like when you see Eau Rouge for the first time in reality as well. So. Uh, yeah, looks all good, and um, like I say, looking forward to it. Is there any difference in approach? Now that you guys are second in the championship, there's a really good shot at taking the lead this weekend, and you've got a month before your next race instead of just two weeks. Yeah, I mean, for me, I don't really look at that at all. Um, we're just trying to do the best job we can. That's all we've been doing so far this year, trying not to make silly mistakes, pick up points when we can while we're still making this car go faster, um, and that seems to have you know paid off quite well so we'll yeah we'll continue the same and then see where we end up uh, going into the last race at atlanta and then we'll have to see how we play it good luck this week thank you at, uh, at least they were able to do so uh, and uh, they have the uh, the trophy i presume by now uh, along with the, the championship points to to prove it uh, and in celebration of that Conor de felipe goes to the top of the charts in this session for one minute eight point three five four for the or california uh, born now north carolina based driver Conor de felipe uh, is uh, fastest at the moment by less than half a tenth of a second over philip albuquerque in the acura of uh, wayne taylor racing the conica minolta car in second position then this is two porsches matthew jaminet third in car number six at a one minute nine point one uh, just fraction ahead, one minute, 9.2 for Felipe Nasser in the sister Porsche Penske Motorsport. Porsche 963, that's car number seven. Rounding out the top five is uh, Colin Brown. He uh, moves into the picture now with a one minute, 9.272 as Colin Felipe 
Uh, it's just been usurped from the top of the charts by Philippe Albuquerque. One minute, uh, one minute eight point three 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 now is the uh, the fastest time in this session. So already within a, a second of the best times from yesterday, and we saw at Watkins Glen how difficult it was for the GTB drivers to get their Michelin tyres fully up to operating uh, pressures and temperatures. Uh, these cars are they've completed seven laps at the moment in this what will be an hour and a half running for the GTP car. And, oh, Shay is back. There, Shay? Jeremy, keep your eyes on the number nine FAF Motorsport Porsche. They've just installed Patrick Pile, and they've given him a set of sticker Michelin tires. So we do have qualifying coming up a little bit later on this afternoon. That is very much a mock quality run for the whole Hometown heroes. Uh, speaking of hometown heroes, we're a long way from his hometown. But for Jordan Taylor, good morning, Jordan. This is your 100th weekend since the merge. Yeah. So congratulations on making it to the centennial. Now you and Antonio are on equal footing. Yeah, that's why I had no idea. I'm sure there's a lot of guys with that same same number this weekend. But uh, yeah, I guess that makes me feel a little older. It's more experienced. You've got uh, more podiums than anyone else in the series, of course, for Antonio. You guys are tied somehow. Yeah, 57 for both of you. So very, very good ratio as far as race starts to podiums. You mentioned winning practice yesterday in your social media. I know it sounds silly, but it's got to feel good, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, we haven't been very fast uh, on pure pace for quite a while. So for us, it was just kind of a relief to start a weekend, you know, on the right foot. We've had a good car. You know, most of the weekend the car feels very good, uh, so it's not a whole lot of work. That, that you know, a lot of not a lot of complaining the drivers are doing, just saying like the car's not working very well. It's always working pretty well. We just don't have pace. So yesterday it was a relief to kind of see some pace. The car did feel very good. So yeah, I think a lot of guys are doing qualifying sims right now. Quite a bit faster than yesterday. It's a little bit cooler temps, but. Yeah, hopefully we can keep that trend going the rest of the weekend. Obviously, Corvette racing with a big boost coming here. You get the Ron Fellows effect. All the Canadian fans cheering for the bow tie. Do you feel that when you're driving around and people are cheering you on? Yeah, for sure. I mean, we'll do practice now, and then we go over to the Corvette Corral at 1030. And, you know, it's always a huge group of Corvette owners here. A lot of passion. It's the Chevrolet Grand Prix, so we're the only Chevy in the field now. with kind of like being in prototypes, so... Uh, yeah, we feel a little bit of extra pressure now. There's just one of us here to kind of carry that flag, but it also helps with a bit of motivation. Are you guys keeping an eye on what's going on in Monza 2 that you're on the other half of the Corvette racing family? Yeah, we try to. I mean, the guys up here have a live feed of all the cameras in the garage and the pit lane, so we can judge everyone there pretty pretty harshly, but uh, it would be pretty cool if they can wrap the championship this weekend and, and go to their last event with, with uh, you know a little bit less pressure. A lot of Canadian fans hoping for you guys to get a win this weekend. Good luck. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, there's always a lot of uh, Chevy Cat fans uh, wherever the uh, teams go. So uh, no no change there for Jordan Taylor. Always, always pressure on the Chevrolet teams. They've had a lot of success all the way around the world. And uh, this season, though, it's been a little bit disappointing for that number three team. Still looking for uh, for their first win of the uh, of the campaign. It's been a bit bit of a for them uh, a fairly lengthy drought for that uh, for that team. Uh, but uh, they'll be looking to to set that right here this weekend. Had had a lot of success here in the past. I think uh, ten wins they've had in the past at Canadian Time Motorsport Park. So looking to continue that streak this weekend. And it certainly started off uh, pretty well yesterday in the first practice session because. In the GCD Pro cars, 
It was Antonio Garcia's time that was the fastest, 1 minute 16.7 yesterday for the Spanish driver. And uh, at the moment, though, significantly faster than that are the GTD cars at the moment. Loris Spinelli has gone fastest of all the GTD cars. That won 15.269 Forte Racing Power by US Racetronics Lamborghini. Uh, Loris Spinelli from Italy, the pole sitter uh, and fastest lap getter at Watkins Glen uh, a couple of weeks ago. He's turned one 15.2, so significantly faster than yesterday, more than a second quicker than the fastest time from the first practice session, as Shea was telling us, conditions this morning pretty darn good at the moment. It's uh, it's sort of sort of an overcast here uh, and uh, cooler than it was yesterday. So the lap times representative of that in GTD Pro. Ross Gunn's hard racing team, Aston Martin Vantage, is the quickest one, 16.0. So it's quite a long way behind, three quarters of a second behind the fastest uh, overall time in GTD. And second in GTD Pro, Jack Hawksworth and Alexis have 16.3. But uh, ahead of Hawksworth are no fewer than 10 uh, non-pro cars. Um, plus, of course, the uh, the pro entry of Ross Gunn. So at the moment, it's the top six cars in the GT ranks are all non-pro entries. Behind Loris Spinelli is, uh, it is uh, Madison Snow who set the second fastest time and won 15.7 so that's about almost half a second behind Loris Spinelli's magnificent effort in that number 78 Lamborghini third position was at time set uh, as fastest early on for Michael Grenier in the Team Courthoff Motorsport Mercedes and the Lexus of Frankie Montecalvo in the fourth position Patrick Gallagher actually it was Robbie Foley who set the time for Turnamos fifth fastest time at 96 Behind him is Alec Udell in the number 92 Porsche. And then uh, is the best of the pro cars. Again, Ross Gunn, it is, who is at the top of that chart at the moment. With a 1 minute 16.080. And let's get back down to the pit lane with Shay Adam. With Alex Riberis. Alex, you're always at CTMP. You got pole here in 2016 with Heart of Racing on the car. This place, it seems to work really well for you. And you're a music guy. So how does it help the rhythm that you can just sort of fall into that? Well, yeah, definitely a pleasure to be back here at Canadian Tire Motorsport Park. Uh, as you said, it's, um, it's a special place for me. Um, it has a lot of good memories from the past. Uh, we were successful here with the Heart of Racing. Always been... Um, proving that we are quick around this track and uh, I think that it's a good place for us to uh, come back from what, what has been a tough season so far and uh, hopefully execute, put it, put it together and come back home with a, with a good result. The sister car got the win last year, but it was your car that was fast last year in the race. How much of the setup can you use from last year as a starting point for this year? Uh, pretty much uh, that is the way we started this weekend. Uh, there's obviously... Uh, things that we always try to to improve the car and uh, that we might want to try and cooperate between the two cars. It's one of the nice things about having a two-car operation. Uh, but we're not going to be too far away from that setup. Obviously, the, the track is to be a bit quicker than last year. Uh, so I would expect some, some incredible lap times uh, later today and, and tomorrow. But 
I mean, overall, I'm just really, really excited to, to race here. This is a beautiful track. You guys have been swapping back and forth qualifying duties all year, so I'm guessing it's your turn today. Exactly, yeah. I, and Ross knows this is my favorite track, so uh, yeah, I, I will be qualifying later this afternoon and uh, I cannot wait. I was watching some onboard yesterday. There's only one place where GT cars are below 100 kph around this circuit. How mentally crazy is that for you to think about? I know, I was trying to explain it to Marco because he has never been here. Uh, and it's hard to describe in words, to be honest. It's uh, until he went out on track in FP1 yesterday and got to actually experience it himself. Uh, he couldn't really understand how wild this place is, but it's, uh, it's crazy. The first few laps, you are again experiencing that, um, you know, butterflies in the stomach when you're driving around the turn one, turn two, uh, with the ups and downs. It's a, it's a proper roller coaster. Uh, and then, as funny as it is, you somehow get used to it, and, uh, and it becomes just a very smooth, flowing track, which, as you said, that's the characteristics about uh, Mossport. And I think it suits the car as well, uh, the Aston Martin Vantage here. Uh, I think we can, we can have a good package for the race. Good luck this weekend, Alex. It's time. Thank you so much. Yeah, Alex Ruberas, uh, one, one of uh, several drivers who reckons this is the, the best track in the world, his favorite racetrack, and, uh, and why not? I mean, there's so much history here. The Canadian Formula Grand Prix, of course, was here uh, back, in the, uh, back in the 60s. Uh, the prospect of Formula One cars around here at the moment would be uh, fairly mouthwatering. It would be ridiculously fast. So, look, even the GTD cars, their average lap speed here is over 115 miles an hour. Yeah, average speed. That's it. The Moss Hairpin, Shay was saying that, it, that, that was it, the slowest part of the race. The only place where they are less than 100 miles an hour on any of the corners. And they're probably doing maybe, what, maybe 55 or so around there. Uh, uh, leading on to the Mario Andretti straight, but God, this is super fast. And with the resurfacing that's taken place around much of the track over the, over the course of the last couple of years, it is really, really fast. We've had some new fastest times at the front of the field. It's Renko van der Zander who leads the way now in the Cadillac number 01. He's turned the best up at 107.665 for the Dutchman. About uh, half a tenth clear of uh, Colin Brown in second place in car number 60 for Maya, Maya Shank Racing, the Acura, 107.716. 107.877 is the third fastest time. That's Matthew Jaminet in the Porsche car number 6. His teammate Felipe Nasser right behind him at a 108.300. Also at a 1 minute 8.3 uh, are Philip Albuquerque in car number 10 and... Conor Filippi in number 25 BMW. So that's the top six cars covered by seven-tenths of a second at the moment. Not too far behind them are uh, Alexander Sims in the car number 31, 108.4, and then Augusto Farfus at a 109.0. And then rounding out the GTP field, car number five is the ninth position car. It's Mike Rockefeller, who's just improved his time to 109.160. Change also for the top in LMP3. Joao Barbosa briefly uh, had the fastest time in the Sean Creech Motorsports car number 33 at a 1 minute 12.396. Uh, and that has just been pipped by Matt Bell 
in caliber 13 for AWA. That's a Duquesne chassis, a 112.109, which is a tenth faster than the time turned yesterday by Garrett Grist in the Junior 3 race in caliber 30. So 1 minute 12.109, the new benchmark time in this practice session for LMP3. That's Matthew Bell from the north of England. To put that into perspective, the uh, lap record in qualifying was a 113.1. That was set last year by Gar Robinson in the same Riley Motorsports car number 74. So a full second faster than that. But the, the race lap record, uh, when the pro drivers, it's, it's, uh, it's the AM drivers that are required to drive, or the non-pros, I should say, uh, who are re- required to qualify in LMP3. Uh, in, the race, in race trim, the fastest lap was set last year by Garrett Griss from uh, nearby Whitby, Ontario. And a 1 minute 12.523. That was the uh, fastest time from last year. And that's an average speed, by the way, of the, uh, for the LMP3 cars of 122 miles an hour. 112.5. Well, already this morning, Matt Bell's gone a good bit quicker than that. 112.109, then, is the new benchmark time in LMP3. No change at the top in GTD. It's still the... Forte Racing Lamborghini fastest uh, at a 115.269. Boris Spinelli has uh, handed that car over to Misha Goikberg, with whom he's the regular full season driver in that number 78 Lamborghini. Misha Goikberg had had, uh, had had a fair bit of success here in the past at uh, Canadian Time Oswald Park. Also, this is a track that uh, he, he was spent a lot of t- a lot of his time in, Ca- in Canada in, Tor- in the Toronto area. Uh, and has uh, had uh, success uh, in, in, in a bunch of different cars here, uh, and including a, a podium finish uh, overall uh, at this racetrack back in 2017. That would have been with, uh, with Stephen Simpson uh, when uh, they finished yeah, yeah, second position, Michel Gretberg and Stephen Simpson in 2017. The old LMP2 cars. And second to uh, Eric Curran and Dane Cameron, who won that race. And there's also an LMP2 car that beat the DPIs the following year in 2018. That was Colin Brown and uh, John Bennett, who took the win there here at Canadian Time Motorsport Park. Colin Brown it is now who stretches his legs in at number 60 car for Maya Shank racing with Kerbang and Jaden in the Acura car number 60. has gone to the top of the charts. Well, I mean, it's 7.076 now for Colin Brown. That's uh, two and a half tenths faster than he managed yesterday to top the charts. And he's now got a margin of uh, over half a second over Renga van der Zander in that 0-1 Cadillac, which is currently on pit lane. Out on track through turn one. I'm watching that uh, number 60 Acura comes up right behind the Corvette heading into turn two. I think there's a uh, the Corvette run wide runs wide at the exit there to allow Brown to go through on the inside up the hill to turn three. And uh, we've uh, just seen the pace of these GTP cars early in the session. But pit lane, pit lane once again is, is Shay Shay Adam. She's found another victim. Ollie Milroy, I'm used to seeing you with the driving suit on, but you've got very 
different responsibilities with the Inception Racing with Clara this weekend. What exactly is your role? So, because um, obviously, so because I'm a silver in the endurance races, uh, we run Brendan in the silver bronze seat for the for the sprint. So, you know, I'm here primarily coaching Brendan, um, helping Frederick out as well, who's the, the pro in the car, just to if I see anything that can help him. Just generally focusing on driver performance, really, making sure the guys have got all the information they need. It's a really busy weekend. You don't get long between sessions and stuff, so. I've got all the data and all the video, all the live telemetry and everything, and just trying to give them as much information as I can. It's also extra hard that both your drivers are new to this track. What sort of added complication does that add? Yeah, so is that coach. <laughs> so, uh, it's like the blind leading the blind a little bit. But no, we, we just do a lot of studying. It's, um, we're lucky nowadays that we're in a sort of an era of motorsport where we have all this data and video and access to all this information. So, and simulators and stuff. So. Yeah, I mean, look, we were second fastest yesterday in practice, so we're, you know, the guys are doing something right, and um, it's just, you know, trying to use the information as, as well as we can to maximise the performance and get up to speed as quickly as possible. Canadian fans are some of the most intelligent, well-versed fans in the world. You being the only McLaren in this race, I guarantee you're going to get a lot more fan attention than you have at previous rounds. Racing north of the border, this is a new experience too, isn't it? It's a what, sorry? New experience for the team. Yeah, it is. Yeah, 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 first time here. Ivan, I think I've only raced in Canada once. I raced at Montreal in 2008. By myself, I'm jealous. I'm not driving the tracks. The track looks incredible, uh, and the guy is so. Um, and yeah, the, fan, the fans are awesome. And obviously, I guess tomorrow there'll be a great atmosphere for race day. I talked about it with Nick Yellily a little bit earlier. The simulator compared to reality here, completely different things. And when you do the track walk, it really does surprise you how much undulation there is. Is that what you, Frederick, and Brandon experienced yesterday? Yeah, it's one of the hardest things to simulate is the undulation. You can't even, obviously you've got no movement really in a sim and, and there's, you can't visually see those undulations on, on the sim. So. When we walked the track on Thursday evening, we were blown away by how, how hilly it is. And then that undulation then plays a huge role in how the car performs, how the handling and you know your braking points and uh, the balance of the car changes from corner to corner. Um, and then also the bumps as well, a bit like Sebring. Um, there's some bumps that you've got to hit them in a certain way and it can totally transform the corner. So there's a lot to learn and a lot to take in. Um, and, and like I said, you can't get all of that on a, on a sim. Fred's out of the car. Brendan's getting in. I'll let you get back to work. Thank you so much for the chat. Cool. Thank you. Thank you, Shay. And uh, that uh, number uh, 70 car for Inception Racing, uh, as Shay was alluding to there, didn't compete in the full championship last season. Just concentrated on the Michelin Endurance Cup, which the team won very impressively. This season's been yeah, generally good. Still uh, lying fourth in the points table are Brendan Arib and Frederick Shandorf. Uh, and uh, just a couple of, couple of hundred points behind Brian Sellers and Madison Snow, which sounds like a lot, but really isn't these days with the uh, 350 points that are on offer to a win. Uh, they've had a, a third, a fourth, a fifth, uh, and a six in the, in the opening four races. Then had a bit of a disappointing day last time out at Watkins Glen. So looking to bounce back from that 
are Brendan Arib and uh, Frederick Shandorf. And it's really interesting to hear there how uh, Ollie Milroy's just raced once in Canada. And uh, yeah, like, like, like uh, every other driver in this field, he, he would relish the opportunity to race here at Canadian Tire Motorsport Park. Well, this weekend he's just got uh, a slightly different role, but interesting thoughts there uh, with Shay Adam in the pit lane. No change at the times at the moment. Still Colin Brown leads the way with that 1 minute 7.076. Uh, and no other improvements uh, over the last few minutes. It's still Renga van der Zender in second place in the Cadillac. Uh, 1 minute 7.6. Third fastest Nick Tandy at a 107.8. In the LMP3 ranks, however, there is a new fastest time just been set by Garrett Grist. The uh, local driver relishing the opportunity to get back here on, t on home soil. He was uh, born and raised in Whitby, Ontario. It was only maybe half an hour from the track at the very most. And he, along with Trent Hinman, is one of uh, many drivers who cut their teeth here in F1600 cars with Brian Graham Racing. Uh, Garrett Gristen, fastest now in LMP3 in the Junior 3 Racing Ligier. 1 minute 11.817 for Garrett Grist. Also faster than the previous best time was, set, that had been set by Matt Bell is Felipe Fraga in the number 74. Riley Motorsports Ligier. So it's Ligier's 1-2 at the moment. 111.8 for Grist, 111.9 for Fraga. And then the best of the Duquesnes is Matt Bell at a 1 minute 12.1. So that's the top three in LMP3. No change in the fastest times either in GTD. Still the time was set by Loris Spinelli in number 78 Lamborghini. 15.2 fastest by about a half a second over the number one BMW. It was Madison Snow who set the time. Both of those two cars in the pits at the moment. And Frederick Schandorf, uh, we were just hearing from Ollie Milroy from the Inception Racing McLaren, car number 70. That car uh, in the last few minutes has just uh, moved himself up into the fifth position now in GTD. That's Frederick Chandorf. He just brought that car into the pits. And Brendan Nareeb has just taken over at the wheel. Shay? There was just a spin out on the circuit, Jeremy. Uh, Danny Giancadella went for a spin at Moss Corner, but he managed to get it pointing in the right direction. And I believe he is going to stay out on the track, although the crew did scramble up on the wall. So if he wants to come in, he can. Yeah, just seeing a replay of that now and uh, just try to carry a little bit too much speed into the corner, a bit wide on that entry curb into the uh, second part of that double apex right-hander. And I think the car was just unsettled over that. It's a very low curbing. They certainly use that curb. Uh, and uh, the car just uh, loops around, lazy spin, stops on the road, so it doesn't even leave the asphalt there, so he's able to get going again. No, no harm, no foul there for that number 79 car. Currently in the, well, second fastest in GTD Pro, and uh, he had set that time on the, the previous lap, had uh, Junker Dela, uh, 1 minute 16.2 is the uh, best time for that Mercedes. And Mercedes, they've been struggling a little bit for, for pace in the last uh, last few races. Uh, but there have been some balanced performance changes coming into this weekend. 
Uh, there's, a, there's a slew of relatively small changes in GTD uh, run through those. So there's a little bit more boost for the for the Acura. There's a little bit more boost from for the uh, McLaren. Those both turbo cars, of course, uh, than was the case last time out at uh, Watkins Glen, and it, it's supposedly to the to the uh, equivalence of 5.5 kilowatts, which is a little bit less than 10 horsepower in old numbers. Which we're going to get me using as much as I possibly can. Also, in the uh, the normally aspirated cars, slightly larger restrictors for the Corvette, the Mercedes, and the Porsche compared to last time out. The Corvette has a a larger restrictor by 0.3 of a millimeter. The Mercedes has a 0.5 of a millimeter larger restrictor than it had last time out, and the Porsche a whopping one and a half millimeters more than the uh, last time, last race at Watkins Glen. And the IMSA technical team works uh, super hard on analyzing all the data as frequently as they can. And uh, they've got the five, five cars then given a little bit more, a little bit of help coming into this weekend uh, to bring them into line as the thinking with uh, with the other cars in the class primarily the the Aston Martins and the uh, and the BMWs uh, BMW currently leads in the points in the GTD category uh, and in the manufacturer championship two over Aston Martin they've got a 100 point lead over Aston Martin the manufacturer championship in GTD Lexus the other car that has not been uh, altered in terms of its balance of performance this weekend. Third in the GTD non-pro manufacturer points table. In GTD Pro, it's the Lexus team that leads the way a tremendous season so far for Jack Hawksworth and Ben Barnicott in that number 14 Vassar Sullivan Lexus. They've had uh, two wins, including two, two of the last three races, a magnificent uh, run for them. Also uh, two second places and a third. So uh, top fives uh, excuse me, top uh, podium finishes, top threes in all five races so far this year for Hawksworth and Ben Barnicott. Uh, and as a result, uh, they lead the Drivers' Championship. Vassar Sullivan leads the team Teams' Championship and Lexus leads the Manufacturers' Championship on 1,795 points to the 1,682 of Mercedes, just ahead of Corvette and Porsche. Aston Martin, they had a difficult time so far this season in uh, in GTD Pro, best uh, finish of the season so far has been a fourth place, uh, which is uh, not what they were uh, hoping to have. But uh, looking to bounce back strongly here, this is a track on which the Aston Martin generally goes pretty well, and the drivers absolutely love. Let's see if I can jump in here really with the guy who's just gotten out of a very fast race car and he's a driver who's had quite a bit of success at ctmp across the years that would be one mr colin brown and colin has five wins at this track so i guess it feels a little bit like coming home sorry to interrupt there guys colin when you come back to this place win top step five times it feels familiar doesn't it doesn't matter what the car is yeah i love this place for sure you know it's uh it's always been a great race for me a great racetrack um you know, the first couple corners here are, are, you know, some of the best corners in the world, I think. They're, um, yeah, nothing like it, you know. The feeling of uh, of driving the car on the limit through those two places is pretty awesome. So, yeah, it's good. I mean, um, you know, these guys have been working hard and doing a good job. And, um, you know, we've been building momentum, you know, kind of the last handful of races. So, 
um, you know, proud of their efforts. And, uh, yeah, man, it's a blast. I love this. Uh, I love the fans that come out. And it's just a, it's a cool race. Do you feel like you've got a bit of an advantage having raced a P3 car here last year to know maybe where those cars are stronger or weaker pro drivers are in them? Yeah, maybe. You know, I mean, I think that's one of the kind of nice, you know, things that I always lean on is the fact that I've, you know, driven GT. GTLM, P2, P3, DPI. Um, so, you know, for me, it gives me a good gauge of like kind of where everyone's at, where the nice places to make moves are and where you can kind of sneak by if you have to. Um, so I think that helps, you know, no matter where we go. But yeah, I mean, certainly, um, you know, having that knowledge is, is good. I mean, obviously quite different in the, in the GTP cars this year, the way that they you know, make the lap time and, and where you can pass is quite a bit uh, is quite a bit different. But fun to figure it out and um, yeah, fun being here. Pole and fast lap last year for your co-driver and obviously the same team. Do you feel like you guys have it in you to replicate that again this year with the new car? Man, I hope so. I hope we can replicate that part and uh, you know do one one stop better in the race. Um, you know, it's obviously the goal for us. Um, you know, is to go out there and and try to win this thing. I think. Uh, you know, in the position we are, we're focused on, you know, trying to get some good results here. And, um, you know, I think that puts us in a good position to to uh, to be aggressive and, and, you know, make some things happen. So it's going to be uh, it's going to be fun tomorrow. Melissa at home this weekend. She is. She's uh, she's hanging at the house. and uh, Yeah, doing great. Going well. Awesome. Congrats. And by the way, for those who don't know, Colin expecting his first child in the fairly near future. Wow, that's uh, hard, hard to uh, hard. It's incredible. I mean, I remember Colin Brown when he made his debut at Daytona at the age of 15, uh, and here he is about to welcome his the, the family's first child. That's uh, that's amazing news. Great, great for uh, Colin and Melissa Brown, and uh, Colin Brown. Yeah, so much success here at the past. This tra racetrack last year. Yeah, the victory eluded them, but the second place finish took that number 60 team to the head of the championship points table for. Uh, and that where they remain for the duration of the year in uh, 2022 to go on and win that championship. So uh, they'll be hoping for similar vibes this weekend here at Canadian Time Motorsport Park. And uh, right now, that car is fastest of all the time, set by Colin Brown on his uh, 14th lap of this session, 107.076. That car coming off a, a podium finish last time out at Watkins Glen International. Uh, and um, it was an inherited podium. They finished fourth on the road, but with a penalty for the number six Porsche, inherited third position. That's their first podium since the opening round of the season, where the uh, the uh, Marshank Acura won on the road. Uh, was able to keep the win in terms of its stats, but not the points. Well, they kept most of the points, but they were docked uh, 200 uh, points uh, as a result of a... Uh, a procedural infraction, let's put it that way. Um, and as a result of that, they are languishing at the foot of the points table at the moment. But uh, that car has scored, with, for the last several years now, we have points that are awarded in qualifying as well as the race points. Uh, there's 35 points for the pole position, 32 for second, 30 for third, and on down from there. Uh, the race points are 10 times that, so 350 for the win. If you tally up the points from qualifying this season, number 60 car actually comes out on top. They've scored 123 points from qualifying in the opening five races of the season, which is two more than the, the other Acura of uh, Ricky Taylor and Philip Albuquerque. Uh, and then third place in the, uh, the qualifying points table, if you like, is uh, the number 
01 Cadillac, uh, which is on 115. Of course, with the uh, the bulk of the points on the weekend coming in the race, unsurprisingly, uh, it's uh, it, it's it's tight. 13.23 is the points tally at the moment for Tom Blomquist and Colin Brown. Uh, they they were docked 200 points for that I- initial infraction. If you were if if you were to put those points back again, they would currently be in fourth place in the overall points, only four behind Nick Tandy and Matt Jam- Matthew Jaminet. Tom Brunkish has just uh, exited the pit lane in the last uh, minute or so uh, in that uh, car's fastest at the moment, getting himself up to speed. 109.4 last time around for Tom Blomquist. The second and third place cars, Renger van der Zander and uh, number 01 Cadillac and number 6 Penske Porsche, both on pit lane at the moment. Up into fourth position there now with an improvement on that last lap for car number 31. That's Alexander Sims, a woman at 8.007 for the Englishman in car number 31. It's a busy racetrack at the moment, which is almost exactly halfway through, well, a little bit more than halfway through this session now. We've run for 57 minutes, of so 48 remaining uh, in total in this session. And once again, traffic is, uh, well, it's not, it's not near, the traffic is not nearly as bad as it was at Watkins Glen when we had uh, 57 cars on the track. Uh, there's a lot of uh, a lot of teams are concentrating on the Michelin Endurance Cup this season, particularly in GTD and GTD Pro. But uh, I think the number of cars we got on track this weekend at 34 is plenty for a racetrack such as Canadian Tire Sport Park. There's not a lot of room here. It is super fast. We've been hearing all the drivers say, and uh, I think having too many cars here would be a hindrance rather than a help. No other changes in the respective orders. The fastest time in LMP3 remains uh, the time set by Garrett Grist in the Junior 3, kind of a 30. 11.766 for Garrett. Second position, Felipe Fraga in the number 74, Riley Motorsports. Leger, 1 minute 11.960. There has been an improvement in GTD Pro. The Aston Martin of Ross Gunn has improved to a 1 minute 6 1 minute 15.946 uh, that puts him now uh, about two and a half tenths ahead of the Lexus of Ben Barnicut which is at a 116.2 fastest time overall in GTD though is the, the non-pro entry that's Loris Spinelli at 115.2. That was a stonking lap from the Italian. And he is on a tremendous form at the moment. Had the pole position and the fastest race lap two weeks ago at Watkins Glen. Didn't come away with the result they probably deserved uh, last time out. They've had actually three seventh place finishes this season in that number 78 Lamborghini. They're looking for a stronger run here north of the border. Watching that number 31 Cadillac come through the final couple of corners as uh, Alexander Sims, 1 minute 8.8 last time around, and is uh, in the second position. So, yeah, just on the previous lap, he'd moved us up into the second position then for Alexander Sims. 1 minute 7.200, so 
just over a tenth of a second behind the number 60 Acura. So at the moment, then, is Acura at the top. 1 minute 7.076. Cadillac in second position, 1 minute 7.2. Acura, kind of a 10 in third position, 1 minute 7.3. And a little bit of a gap back to the second of the Cadillacs. That's rank of Andersander, a 17.8, just fractionally ahead of Nick Tandy uh, in the Porsche. The time was actually set by Matthew Jaminet, quickest of the Porsches, a 1 minute 7.877. BMW, the uh, BMW uh, currently on board, showing the immense speed around these corners, heading over the, uh, over the hill. A little bit of a wobble there going into turn two. Didn't you lose all the racetrack either on the exit? That car is uh, currently, I think, uh, yeah, Nick Yellow has just come out of the pit lane. He's trying to get that car up to speed. And as we saw at Watkins Glen, it takes several laps to build the optimum working temperatures and pressures into these cars. They really do slide a lot uh, before they are where the tyres need to be. Meanwhile, let's get that back down to the pit lane. Shea Adam. Which, wow, Barbosa. Wow, you've at CTMP so many times before. It's got to be one of those tracks that just puts a smile on your face every time you see it's next on the calendar, isn't it? Yeah, it definitely puts a smile on our face, but also it's like a big, um, it's a big eye-opener for sure. Uh, the track keeps getting very different every time we come and with all the bumps and everything, so we never know what to expect when you're here, but the track is super fast. It's really fun to drive, great facility, and uh, but it's very, very challenging with all these uh, bumps on the, on the track. Are the bumps moving year on year a bit like Sebring? Uh, it's, I don't think they're getting any better for sure. So they, they might be moves uh, a little bit. There's a couple of corners that I don't remember being this bumpy. But, you know, the, he got us by surprise when we got here. Uh, so he had to do a lot of work on the car to adjust to these track conditions. But I think we're finding, finally finding the right way and the car is feeling a lot, lot better now. After all these practice sessions, you're going to get back in the car until halfway through the race does that make you a little bit nervous as to how much the conditions can change it's not nervous but i definitely got a lot more tired just hanging around it's i, I my job is done at 9 30 and then i'm only in the car tomorrow but i have plenty to do here with the team we're definitely gonna keep working on the car and uh, definitely gonna help lance as much as i can with this vp race and uh with this qualifying so there's i'm not gonna i'm I'm not just going to sit down and I'm going to be busy anyway. How much has the VP race helped Lance on these weekends where it is a double? Yeah, it helps a lot because it's just more track time. The car is exactly the same. It's actually beneficial for us as well to get a direction in the car so we can try things here and we can try things with Lance in the, in the other practice sessions because, you know, an hour and a half goes really quick in a practice session and uh, only having two, you have to prepare the best and doing the VP series is very good. Well, good luck to Sean Creech Motorsports both here and in the VP Challenge. Thanks, Val. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you very much, Shay. And yes, the VP Racing Challenge, two races uh, this weekend, 45 minutes duration each of them. It's been a lengthy gap for the VP uh, Challenge Series uh, cars and teams and drivers since their last round, almost three months since Sebring. So uh, they've been chomping at the bit ready to go again and there's a a good field of uh, 25 cars. I think they'll be in that first race. It'll start 
take the green flag this morning at 11.40 a.m. Lance Wilsey driving well LMP3 cars in that race. It's, uh, it's for LMP3 cars and well, the term for that series is GSX, which is basically GT4s. So multi-class racing, that's a new championship this season that has replaced the old uh, IPC into prototype challenge for LMP3s only. And it's uh, it's certainly gaining in momentum. I think there's 11 cars this weekend in uh, LMP3 that will be taking part in that race a little bit later on this morning. A couple of changes there to talk about in terms of lap times. The number 31 car of Alexander Sims is in the pits uh, now, but before he did so, he moved up to second position and less than a tenth behind the fastest time. So Alexander Sims turned a 1 minute 7.162. Uh, 0.086 of a second behind the time set earlier by Colin Brown. So really getting that number 31 uh, Action Express Cadillac up to speed in the hands of Alexander Sims. We've got uh, most of the cars are out on track at the moment in, uh, in GTP. 1 minute 10.1 last time around for Tom Blomquist in the number 60 car. And on board with number 10 of Ricky Taylor. He's just getting himself up to speed. Just left the pit lane. Only 15 last time around. And just talking about a few minutes to go. And particularly at Watkins Glen, a lot of the GTP cars, the GTP drivers were warning the drivers from the other classes that when they come out of the pits on cold tyres, no tyre warmers, of course, in the IMSA WebTech Sports Car Championship, it does take several laps to get up to speed. And just seeing a replay there of Lance Wilsey uh, taking a bit of a, uh, an off-course excursion, the exit of Turn 9, runs across the grass, shortcuts that corner, comes out back onto the racetrack directly in front of Ricky Taylor, who has to slow abruptly to take avoiding action there. So Lance Wilsey, we just heard from his co-driver, Joao Barbosa, a few minutes ago. That's a pretty scary moment for, for Lance. But uh, again, no harm, no foul. He runs across the grass and back out onto the racetrack. But uh, of course, cost him any decent lap time. It's going to take him a lap or two to burn that that grass and dirt that he picked up on the tyres off that number 33 car. Which is the only one of the LMP3 cars. The only only one of the six LMP3 cars that is out on track at the moment is Ari Baylog in the number 30. That is the fastest car in the class this morning. The time was set by Garrett Grist. It'll be Ari Baylog that will qualify that car. And with uh, 38 minutes now remaining in this session, uh, he's only got about 20 minutes of track time before the checkered flag will effectively fall on the LMP3s and non-pro GTDs. Let's get down to pit lane once again. A couple of updates from Shay Adam. Still no sign of Rexy. The open heart surgery continues for the dinosaur car as she is having an engine change. And it has gotten very cloudy out here, Jeremy. Not sure how that will affect the lap times, but it means that by the time we get the pro cars out on track only, as you said, in about 20 minutes, track should be even faster than it is now. Oh, boy. Yeah, good Yeah, good point. And uh, it's, it's, it's uh, going to be really interesting the last 15 minutes of this session. That, that, uh, that engine change, though, for the, uh, for the AO car, Shay, was that just diagnosed this morning? They need to make that change? I believe it was. Rexy was yeah. supposed to be out on the pit lane, but I was informed by K-Brew very uh, adeptly and early that Rexy would not even be making an appearance this morning on the pit lane. And indeed, she is still back in the garage. 
Well, that was, yesterday that car was uh, was sixth fastest in the hands of Seb, Seb Prio and uh, didn't seem to have any problems then. So presumably, therefore, when they fired it up this morning, all was not well in that Porsche power plant and that's going to be, need to be changed. We've got plenty of time to do so, of course, uh, for, to get ready for uh, qualifying, which will be next time these cars are on track at 12.45 this afternoon. It'll be GTDs and GTD Pros go out first for their 15 minutes of qualifying at 12.45. So they've got uh, three hours after this session. And uh, as Shay Adam was just telling us that uh, number 80 team already hard at work changing that engine. So uh, we don't think we're going to be ready to get any laps at all in this practice session. So it'll be fresh out for qualifying. That'll be a tall order then for that team in qualifying later on this afternoon. Look at lap times again overall, no change at the front. It's still Colin Brown that leads the way in that number 60 Acura, 1 minute 7.076. But Alexander Sims closed to within a tenth of a second in second uh, position. Uh, and also an improvement last time around for Ricky Taylor, uh, who's now third, remains third, but a lot closer. Uh, he just turned the best lap at 1 minute 7.189 for Ricky Taylor, uh, having... Uh, he evaded contact with number 33 car that was off the road at turn nine. He's able to clean off those tyres and, and turn a really good lap there for Ricky Taylor. Kind of a 10 then, third fastest, uh, 107.1 just a couple of laps ago. That uh, moves him farther clear of Renger van der Zander, who remains fourth in the number 01 Cadillac. And board that car now coming through the uh, final corner onto the front straight. And it's uh, Renga van der Zender who's uh, turned last time around was a 108.0 for the number 01 car. And a 108.1 this time. So two very consistent laps there for Renga van der Zender. Uh, about, um, about a second off the ultimate pace and he gets himself up to turn three and finds two cars, two cars in front of him. One of them is Pipo Durrani in the number 31 car and also the WeatherTech Mercedes, currently third fastest in GTD Pro. Daniel Junkadela, who set that time, he remains in third position. There has been an improvement last time, though, in GTD Pro. Second fastest now is Ben Barnicott, just improved this time, number 14, Lexus. The one fifteen point nine eight five. so less than four hundredths of a second away from the fastest time that was set earlier by the heart of racing Aston Martin. That was, uh, it was uh, Ross Gunn who set that time in car number 23. But there's still five non-pro cars ahead of them uh, in the uh, overall GTG, GT ranks. Fastest of them all remains Loris Spinelli in the Lamborghini Huracan, then Madison Snow in the BMW, Michael Grenier in the Mercedes, Frankie Montecalvo it was who set the time in Lexus car number 12, and then Frederick Shandorf in the Inception McLaren car number 70. Less than 20 minutes remaining then for LMP3s and GTDs, so any opportunity to, to do any more qualifying sims is, is fast uh, expiring. Robbie Foley has just improved his time in GTD in a turn of motorsport BMW. 1 minute 16.017 for the number 96 BMW. That is sixth fastest in the class and just behind the two 
pro cars of uh, Alex Ribéras, or excuse me, Ross Gunn it was, who set the time much earlier on in hours racing, Aston Martin Vantage, and Ben Barnicot, who just improved before coming into the pit lane a couple of minutes ago, less than that, in number 14, Lexus. In overall terms in GTD, the Loris Spinelli Lamborghini has about four and a half tenths of a second of a margin over everybody else, but uh, the next uh, nine cars are all covered by a very similar margin. It is really, really tight. There's an improvement for Frederick Shandorf in car number 17, 15.902, but he remains in fourth position in that uh, McLaren. One minute, 115.902 for him. Uh, also an improvement for Dan Daniel Junkadela in car number 79, remains third fastest in GTD Pro, 1 minute 16.0. Uh, so only a tenth of a second behind Shandorf, but there are... Uh, seven cars in between them on the timing charts. Yes, that's how close it is in GTD. Andy Campbell in improvement up into fourth position now for the number seven Penske Motorsports, Porsche Penske Motorsports 963. One minute 7.4 for the Australian Maddie Campbell. Who's had success here in the past at uh, CTMP and looking to uh, repeat that. He won here in GTD Pro last year in the FAF Porsche with Matthew Jaminet. Those two drivers split up this season. Still driving for Porsche, but a different team in a different category up into the GTP ranks for both of those two. And that was quite a, uh, a surprise to some when those acknowledged G, uh, GT drivers were tabbed to drive the GTP prototypes their first time at, at that level in the sport and boy have they taken to those cars I, I, impressively been fast right from the start no surprise of course because Penske and Porsche are always going to pick the best drivers they, they can for their cars um, but very much living up to uh, their expectations Shandorf, another improvement, up to second position now in GTD in that McLaren car number 70. 1 minute 15.677 for the Danish driver. And that is behind now only Goikberg. He's still four tenths of a second behind him, but that is the best lap for the McLaren so far. The majority of the GTP cars currently in the pit lane. Right now, Tom Blomquist is uh, out on the racetrack in the fastest car. Jeremy, you mentioned the fact that we are starting to see mock quali runs and seeing them finish for the GTD and the LMP3 runners. But as far as GTP is concerned, drivers now climbing aboard that I think we're going to see doing the qualifying duties. I just saw Sebastian Bourdais take over for Ranger Van with the Cadillac racing team. No new tires as of yet, so these would be his acclimatization laps, if you will. And the same thing is going on for Penske uh, down with the Porsche Motorsports, the number seven car has just seen Felipe Nasser take over for Matty Campbell. So I if perhaps I can jump in with Matty. Uh, thank you, Jordan Taylor. Does a nice burnout. And, uh, ooh, he's got some 
Lakers too. So that's a mock quality for Jordan. Um, but yes, it's interesting down here that so many teams are giving their drivers the chance to adapt to the track as it currently before sending them out on the new Michelin rubber. Yeah, thanks, Jay. And uh, there's still yeah, just under half an hour remaining in this session. So it'll be another 15 minutes where the GTD cars uh, and the LMP3s are allowed to remain out on the racetrack. That final 15 minutes, though, is going to be when we're going to see, I would think, uh, the majority of GTP cars turning their fastest time. Let's go down now and hear from Maddie Campbell in the pit lane with Jay Adam. All right, Matt, you know how to be fast around this track in a GT car. You won the race in a Porsche last year. But what's it like in GTP where the speeds are a little bit higher? Yeah, very different. Very different. I mean, uh, very enjoyable, though. Obviously, it's such a, a high commitment track, very fast and flowing and uh, mostly high speed corners. So uh, coming here in a prototype, I knew it was going to be fast. But uh, yeah, I really, really enjoyed. it. I mean, it's such a, a fast track. Obviously, we had a good run here last year. So hopefully, you know, it pays dividends when you're out there even for practice and you're not worried about getting past yeah it's very different here because uh obviously the approach speed is so quick you know obviously in the past years i was always looking in the mirror but this time you know looking as far ahead as possible because the approach speed especially with so many blind corners you're coming up on the car so quickly i think in the race uh, especially when you're catching the field after the start of the race and restart everything i think it'll uh, be very very interesting at times especially racing the cars around us in gtp so uh I think it'll be very, very exciting. So does that make GTP qualifying even more important than it was in the GT class? Yeah, very much so. I think, uh, at least for us, we're putting a lot of emphasis on qualifying. You know, track position is so important here, and it's also incredibly hard to pass. So, uh, yeah, let's see this afternoon. Hopefully, Felipe can, can put it up the front, and we can get a good start to tomorrow's race. Good luck this weekend. Thank you. Thank you, Shay Adam there. Maddie Campbell moved himself up to fourth position in that number seven car. Handed over the car now for the final stages of the session to Felipe Nasser, who will take, that, take up the running for the final portion of this session. Still pretty busy out there on the racetrack. Tom Blunk is working his way through some cars down at the Moss Hairpin, coming on to the front straight now. One minute ten last time around, and I would expect that probably to be around about the race pace for these cars. Uh, in terms of uh, you know, when when they're going to be negotiating traffic around here. As we said, not not nearly so many cars as were on track at Watkins Glen, which is just as well because too many race cars on this track is uh, is always going to be uh, problematic. I always think uh, I'd much rather go for quality over quantity, particularly in racing terms. There's a big cloud of dust thrown up in the exit of the final corner. I think that was by the number 13 car of Orifadani who's uh, just uh, perhaps doing one final qualifying sim in that number 17 car for AWA. That's the uh, the yellow and black car as opposed to the green and black car, which is the system machine, car number uh, 17. And it's Wayne Boyd at the wheel, wheel of number 17 at the moment. Inside now, the final, just over 25 minutes remaining. And... We've got five of the GTP cars on track. The top three are on the, on the pit lane. That's number 60, number 31, and number 10. Felipe Nasser has just taken over at the wheel of the number seven car as Ricky Taylor leaves the pit lane. And the fastest time of the session, LMP3 so far today, has been set by the local driver, Garrett Grist, who's with Shea Adam. 
Garrett, it's got to be so wonderful to come to the track and know that you have one job to win this race, and it's for the Canadian fans. Junior 3 Racing really giving you everything you need this weekend, right? Yeah, it's been awesome so far. I mean, first practice, we're fastest, and far the second one, we're fastest as well. So uh, definitely a, you know, a good start to the weekend. Hopefully no one pips us here at the end. Uh, but yeah, no, it's it's uh, great to have a home race, and uh, yeah, like you said, the Junior 3 guys have given me an incredible car so far. Are you actually sleeping at home? No, no, so I live on the other side of the lake. I live in Niagara, which is probably two and a half hour drive from here. We're just at the hotel with the guys. Um, I, I wish I was staying at home. <laughs> it does bring a different atmosphere, though, when your friends and family can all come out, and you get to invite them to the track and show them what you do. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it's Living in Niagara, I'm lucky. Watkins Glen is only three hours from me, and this being, you know, two, two and a half hours. Uh, but it's great. Yeah, family, friends coming out tomorrow. So uh, I'm excited to have a home race. Been a lot of people talking about the bumps this year and the fact that they seem to be a little bit more aggressive than normal. Have you experienced that too? Yeah, I found the same thing, to be honest. I don't know if it was harsh winter, you know, with the frost and everything that they get here. It's uh, it's not great for the pavement. But, yeah, definitely bumper, I'd, bumpier even than last year, I'd say. Good luck this weekend, and uh, I know all of Canada is cheering you on, so get it done. Thank you, I really appreciate it. Jay, if Garrett's still with you, uh, maybe just ask him what, what it was like here, how much he remembers of his early times here driving that Formula Ford car with Brian Graham. <laughs> because well, well, uh, he was what... for you. Yeah. Jeremy wants to know, what was it like in your early years driving here with Brian Graham? Yeah, it was awesome. I did, uh, my first year of cars was actually Ontario Formula Ford, so predominantly it was here um, and even growing up go-karting once they built the go-kart track there I, I grew up go-karting there uh, it was awesome for me formula ford's the best first step in racing i wish more young kids kind of still did that first step i, see, I think a lot of them kind of skip that now but uh, yeah in a formula ford this place was a lot of fun i bet thanks thanks <laughs> thanks very much Shay. yeah big uh, big drafting contest around here and there's been some tremendous Ontario Formula Ford racing, or F1600, it's known now, over the years. And that's see, that uh, series still running strong, strongly here in Canada. Good to see, because as Garrett says, it is there is still no better training ground than, than uh, Formula Ford or F1600. The cars, uh, uh, they, don't move, they, they move around a lot. Uh, you get uh, incredibly close racing. Uh, and uh, if or when you crash the car, there's not nearly so many things to repair on, a form, on an F-1600 car as there is on the modern slicks and wings cars. So it's uh, cost-effective as well as being tremendous uh, com competition to learn from. Back now uh, with just over 22 minutes remaining in this session. No changes at the top in GTP. Still the top three are the same. Number 60 uh, Acura ahead of number 31 Cadillac. And then the uh, number 10 Acura, those three cars covered by just over one-tenth of a second at the top of the charts and faster than yesterday's time. Yesterday's fastest time was 107.3 and uh, the top three cars have all gone quicker than that. The second fastest time yesterday was 108.1 and there's, uh, there's only three of the cars today that haven't gone faster than that and I was expecting them probably to do so in the final 15 minutes of this session once the track becomes clear. Fastest time in GTD today, as was the case also a couple of weeks ago at Watkins Glen International, was the Italian driver Loris Spinelli, who's been showing his paces over the last several years, particularly in the Lamborghini Super Trofeo. And he is with Shea Adam. And for Loris, this is another new track on the schedule, but it's very much not so for your co-driver. How has Misha been able to help you get up to speed at CTFE? 
Yeah, I mean, uh, since yesterday, Misha did a really good job. His pace is amazing. Uh, I felt pretty good out there. Uh, it's my first time in this track, so I feel really good. And uh, let's see how Misha can do for qualifying. But uh, the setup is good. The team is working really well. So let's see. How much uh, more confidence do you have now that you have a pole position in the series? I mean, it's just not the pole position. It's the working that uh, is coming through uh, since the the, the the first race. Uh, the confidence uh, is be getting better and better every race. So I think uh, that is just first pole position of a long series. <laughs> Let's see what happens later this afternoon. Thanks. Thank you. Great uh, enthusiasm there from Loris Spinelli. And uh, a couple of years ago, it was in, in the Lamborghini Super Trofeo. set fastest race lap in every single race during the season. is not that very often. Tremendous pace by the now 27-year-old Italian. And he's taken that to that uh, Forte Racing powered by US Racetronics team. And that uh, Lamborghini not yet had the uh, ultimate result that it probably deserved. But I know Loris Spinelli, Michel Groetberg... Uh, Shane Senevaratni, the team principal at uh, Forte Racing, is uh, hoping to have later this weekend. And news from Shea Adams that Rexy is is uh, is on the pit. I think this is just going to be an installation lap for PJ Hyatt. Nothing further, but the fact that the team has managed to do the engine swap and get the car out before this session is done, my hat's off to them. Yeah, absolutely, and that'll be a, a big bonus for that team just to get, uh, if they can get one or two laps in, just to make sure after that engine changes everything is okay uh, and ready for qualifying, that would be a, a a big step in the right direction. So hats off to that team. Thank you, Shay Adam, for that uh, pit lane report. And there is number, the uh, number 80 car, so it is out on track. Uh, yeah, still four minutes remaining, so he's got time for uh, three or four laps at least. I'm sure he'll just probably do what, maybe one installation laps or possibly two and then bring it in. But uh, that's great news. That car seems to be uh, running just fine. He's heading up the Marandredi straight away towards turns nine uh, and ten. And uh, that very distinctive fan favorite car, Rexy, is uh, green and black. Very distinctive with the jaws uh, on the on the front. The big teeth are... Uh, Shining brightly as the sun comes out now at Canadian Time Motorsport Park. He's getting the blue flags there as the wheel engineering Cadillac heads past into turn one. Ricky Taylor uh, is uh, has just improved, by the way, a second fastest now. So it's an Acura 1-2, number 10 car, a 107.158 for Ricky Taylor. So we've now got three cars within a tenth of a second at the top of the charts overall. But uh, great to see that number 80 car out on track it's completed uh, one lap already and uh, uh, PJ Hyatt getting some valuable time in this car to prepare himself properly for qualifying later on this afternoon had plenty of laps yesterday that car was the sixth fastest overall in GTD in the first practice session of the weekend but uh, with that late engine change this morning they'll be delighted to have got that car out on track and Give PJ uh, a feeling for how the track is this morning. As Shay was telling us, uh, the weather conditions are quite different to yesterday, but the, sea, the clouds seem to have burned away now. I think it's going to be a good bit warmer 
by the time we get down for qualifying in about three hours time this afternoon so back to the similar conditions from yesterday and uh, pj is now just winding yourself slowly up to speed just running everything in in that car just turn a few laps uh, to make sure everything is hunky-dory and we're coming down to the time very shortly now where it'll be the uh, GTP and GTD pros only out on the racetrack uh, just uh, less than two minutes now for the non-pro teams to be out on the racetrack and Shay Adam tells me that the number 10 car is getting sticker tires for or is it Ricky Taylor who's going to stay aboard that, that car it's uh, this season affirmative affirmative right okay they've they've uh, this this season they've uh, uh, Ricky Taylor generally qualifies the car the only time that Philip Albuquerque has, has qualified the car actually was Long Beach and he put the car on pole position so Ricky Taylor has uh, that to aim for this season he's been uh, third on the grid on a couple of occasions and Ricky Taylor he has been known over the years as the kind of the king of qualifying so he'd be looking to see uh, if he can maintain that side of that kind of uh, form uh, a little bit later on this afternoon the BMW also out on race on track now just uh, getting itself up to speed number 25 car uh, which has uh, Nick Yellowly aboard uh, it's been in the pits for the last uh, almost 20 minutes. So again, just uh, as we said earlier on, it takes several laps to build heat and heat and temperature into these tyres. So he's using the final couple of minutes before the GTD cars vacate the, the premises to get those, get some heat uh, into the Michelin tyres and build up the tyre pressures. And we've seen some uh, build-ups, I think, so some pretty quick laps coming up in the next few minutes. Uh, a change, by the way, in GTD Pro just a couple of minutes ago. Jordan Taylor moved himself to the top of the charts in GTD Pro. One minute 15.484. That's now second overall in the GT cars. A couple of tenths behind Michel Goitberg, but uh, about, yeah, well, half a second clear of Alex Riberas, who's now second in GTD Pro in the uh, harder racing Aston Martin that time was set early on by Ross Gunn. Also an improvement in the last couple of minutes of the LMP3 session for Wayne Boyd in kind of a 17, a second of the AWA Duquesnes. But still only fourth quickest for the Northern Irishman. One minute 13.182. That compares to the fastest time in the session set by Garrett Grist, from, who, from whom we heard a few minutes ago with Che Adam. For one minute 11.7. So four tenths. Uh, uh, no, 1.4 seconds slower is, is Wayne Boyd at the moment. Wow, that's a big that's a big gap. And he's just put that car into the pit lane. Just seconds to go now. Oh, no, the okay, the checkered flag has been shown effectively to the, the LMP3s and GTDs. So they'll be coming into the pit lane at this moment. And the final 15 minutes, the door will be open for the GTP cars to see what they can do. Shade. A lot of activity down on pit lane. There really is. I'm seeing a lot of Michelin tires going on cars. Now, the allotment for the GTP cars does not yet begin because that is for qualifying and the race. So they can do as much
quality as they want if they have new tires. And that's what we are about to see for Sebastian Bourdais and the 01 Cadillac racing entry. Klaus Backler is still aboard the FAF Motorsport Porsche for all the Canuck fans out there. And he, too, is getting some new tires. And let's see, the WeatherTech Racing Mercedes has just come into the pit lane. There is no action on as far as the driver change is concerned. Let's see. I no longer see uh, Jules Guignon or Danny Jungadea sitting up on the pit box. So let's take a sneak peek at who's behind the wheel of this one. It is Jules, newbie to this track, as uh, Danny Jungadea set the fast lap of the race last year. He's not going to be doing qualifying. It looks like it'll be Jules, and they are not putting new tires on the car. So perhaps just giving a second for these Michelins to cool down. Or maybe Jules just wanted a bit of open track. Yeah, thank you very much, Jay Adam. We've got now all but three, I think, of the GTP cars that are out on racetrack. The cars that aren't, I believe, are number 60 car, number 31, and number 01. Currently first, third, and fifth on the timing charts. Everybody else is uh, is out of the pit lane, and now Pipa Durrani joins them. And here comes the uh, number seven Porsche off the final corner. Uh, to begin a lap, Felipe Nasser, his last lap around was a 111.0 in that number seven car. This time was a 17.8. So just gone a personal best in the final sector for Felipe Nasser. Uh, 7.8 is about three tenths slower than the, the car's fastest in this session so far. Currently fourth in the timing charts. So to wrap up the times in uh, LMP3, it's Garrett Grist who remains at the top in car number 30 for Junior 3 Motorsports. That's the Ligier uh, car with a 1 minute 11.766. A couple of tenths clear of Felipe Fraga in the Riley Motorsports Ligier car number 74. Then the uh, number 13 AWG, AWA Duquesne. It was Matthew Bell who set a time of 1 minute 12.1. Behind him... Number 33, Sean Creech Motorsports, Ligier and Wayne Boyd. In number 17, AWA Duquesne. In GTD Non-Pro, again, it was Loris Spinelli who set that time very, very early on in this session, just 13 laps into the session, with a 1 minute 15.269 is fastest in GTD. Behind him in second position, Frederick Shandorf in the Inception McLaren, car number 70, Four tenths of a second back, 115.677. Just fractionally ahead of Madison Snow in the Paul Miller Racing BMW car number one. And the team caught off motorsports car number 32 of Mikel Grenier. Shay. We're under a red flag, Jeremy. I'm not entirely Ooh, sure why, as I do not have access to a monitor right now. It's a spin for number zero one car, I think. Red flag is Ooh, out on this Sebastian session. On new so, yeah, on new tyres. That's right. He's uh, he, this is his outlap. Uh, let's see what happened. Coming up the hill underneath the Canadian Tire Bridge into the final few corners. No, that's that's no, that's uh, he he's resumed. He's, he's got that car back on the way. I think the spin. I think it was at, uh, at turn five. He's coming into the pits. So uh, I think it was that car was pointed the wrong way. Not sure why we went red but uh, all the cars coming on to pit lane now got a glimpse of that car pointed the wrong way from the onboard camera before it resumed i was looking at the timing charts at the time so i wasn't looking at the picture that i have in front of me let's have a re replay now see what happened coming into 
uh, Moss Corner, not uh, not even halfway across the racetrack going into the corner, just gets on the power and the car just slides out from under him. These cars are so tricky on cold tyres. Uh, we've heard the drivers say it pretty much all season long, Michelin is bringing a much harder tyre, much more durable tyre this weekend, this, this season than in the past. And just a lazy spin on the power there for Sebastian Bourdais. And boy, he's had troubles, uh, hasn't he, Shea Adam, with, uh, with, with outlaps either in the race or in qualifying, it seems, and practice for Sebastian Bourdais this season. Boy, it's true. It's been uh, the opposite of what we expect from Sebastian Bourdais, the man who put it on pole, what, four times last year? I seem to remember he was just incredible throughout qualifying. I would definitely keep an eye on him for this race because he and Renger Vanderzanda come into this weekend as the defending race winners. For Sebastian Bourdais and Renger, this is definitely a track that they had circled with, uh, I would imagine, pink highlighters getting ready for this weekend as almost everyone went straight to the pink exit but going back to the box was the number 60 i think that's blanca still behind the wheel jordan taylor came back to the box for the corvette uh, we've already seen his muck quality run that was a very good effort as well and the number seven porsche penske motorsport entry is also back in the pit box other than that faf never left so klaus backler still with the new tires yet go out on the circuit everyone else though is out there trying to do their mock quality runs yeah where's the corvette the corvette's just showing us in the pits as well on on my Yep. Is that still in the pit lane? If, if you uh, wait, there we go. <laughs> and very, very patient from Jordan Taylor there. No big burnout. I'm impressed. Yes. After those tires, doesn't want to abuse them too quickly because he'll be abusing them in a couple of minutes' time when he gets that car up to speed. So yeah, it's going to be interesting to see now how that spin will affect the confidence perhaps of Sebastian Bourdais. We heard him after that crash on the first lap in Long Beach, where the car was, uh, uh, he, he lost it. The, the hybrid system, the hybrid braking system caught him out on the very first lap or first corner of the race at Long Beach. The car spun and it uh, it completely upset the electronics on that car, would, wouldn't allow it to refire. So that was the end of the race. The car was would have been able to continue, except the electronics said no. Uh, and as a result of that, and a few other outlap uh, Incidents for Bourdais it's certainly knocked his confidence, and he's not normally a, a driver that's lacking in confidence, that's for sure. So he'd be, he'd be uh, a little bit more careful now, though, to build some heat into those tyres before he pushes them. With now just there's still seven minutes remaining in the session, so that's plenty of time to uh, to get some fast lap times in before the checkered flag comes out. Fastest time at the set in this session so far one minute 7.076 and it was set by colin brown but it is as shay adam was just telling us tom blomquist who's at the wheel of the my shank white and pink number 60 car heading over the hill at uh, turn two uphill again now to turn three just is uh, just completed his, his outlap so this is his first flying lap and again you can quite clearly see from the pictures here that car not yet even close to being up to speed and it's going to take at least three or four laps. He's uh, moving that car around as he comes up the hill on the Mario Andretti, not straight away, to build some temperature and pressure into those Michelin tyres. It's going to be another probably couple or three laps before he's able to show the ultimate potential of this number 60 car. I think we now have uh, all of the GTD Pro cars out on track. There's only five of them this weekend. We've got the Corvette car number three. The Aston Martin car number 23, the Lexus car number 14, 
Mercedes car number 79 and the Porsche car number 9. It currently, that's the car that won GTD Pro last season. Currently languishes last in GTD and faster only in this session than the, the number 80 AO Porsche, which only got a couple of laps right at the end after the engine change that saw it miss the vast majority of this one hour and uh, one hour and a half session for GTD. So unusually, it's the, number, the FAF Motorsports Porsche stone cold last. Uh, and a couple of tenths he was behind the, uh, the last of the GTD cars uh, and a full, well, more than a half a second behind the next slowest car in GTD Pro. So Klaus Backler, it is uh, another first timer here at Canadian Time Motorsport Park. Backler, of course, uh, this is his first full season in the IMSA WeatherTech Sports Car Championship. A lot of new tracks he has had to learn. They just test here recently, though, Jeremy, specifically yeah. to try and get Klaus up to pace at this place because it's such an important track to FAF Motorsport and Canadian Tire, a sponsor on the car weekend on the rear wing which i love the touch and a little bit more black on the livery but they wanted to make sure that klaus was going to have no reason not to be quick around here so let's see if he's just dialing himself in slowly during this uh, second lap since he left the pit lane and then maybe we'll see some speed from the plaid porsche yeah slightly, slightly different livery isn't it this weekend as you say carrying the the some colors in deference to, to motormaster which is one of the canadian tire uh company's most uh, distinctive brands here in Canada and even Canadian motorsport over the years. They uh, sponsored races series in the past and uh, Motormaster is now uh, featured on that FAF Porsche. A couple of uh, improvements here already and including one at the top of the charts. New fastest time for Ricky Taylor in caliber 10. A one minute 6.316 for the Acura uh, from Wayne Taylor Racing, the Conica Minolta black and blue car came up the hill uh, on another quick lap right now. He's just gone purple again in sector one. 19 seconds, 19.3 in that first sector. That's a good bit quicker than anybody else, I think. Uh, coming up to the second sector, and he improves again, does Ricky Taylor. The f final sector, it's short. It's just the final uh, three corners. Coming into them now, coming out of... The, oh, he's, he's backed off the pacer, I think. Uh, so um, he, I think he aborted that lap. Yes, he did. Indeed, he did abort that lap. That's interesting. Uh, so he came across the line at 1 minute 9.5. He's going for it, for it now. He's catching up with one of the Porsches coming out of that final corner. So perhaps this is why he aborted that time. He's got plenty of time, though, remaining in this session. There's still uh, about uh, two and a half minutes as we see Felipe Nasser up into second place now in the number seven car. I think that was the car that was ahead of him on the racetrack, actually. But Nasser has turned a one minute 6.8, then almost half a second behind Ricky Taylor. That's a blistering lap. Uh, 106.3, the, the race lap record last season just for uh, probity was the uh, was Tom Blomquist in the Acura in the, the last race here in the DPI era. A one minute 5.987. And right uh, now, Tom Blunkett goes to the top in this uh, final few minute, couple of minutes of this session. One minute, 6.1 now for Tom Blunkett. That is the fastest time. So it's Acura 1-2. One, 1-16-1 for Tom Blunkett. 1-16-3 for Ricky Taylor, who's on a quick lap right now. Then it's the two Porsches. The number seven car ahead of the number six. A 106.7 and a 106.9, respectively. 
Ricky Taylor, did he improve? Yes, he did. A one minute 5.870. That is faster than the lap record here from DPIs for Ricky Taylor in car number 10. Wow. That's a great lap from uh, Ricky Taylor. We've got uh, several other improvements here. The top five all improved last time around. Bloomquist at 161, we talked about. Nasser and Jaminet, we talked about those times. Jaminet just improved to a, a 106.8 in car number six, but still fourth fastest. Augusto Farfus, the quickest of the BMWs, 107.0. So just over a second behind that leading time set by Ricky Taylor. Where is Sebastian Bourdais right, currently last on the charts? He's uh, coming up the hill now underneath the uh, first of the two WeatherTech signs. Last time around for Bourdais was a 108.2. The fastest time that car set during this session was a lot very, very early on by, by Renga van der Zender, 107.6. Another fractional improvement for Matthew Jaminet, 108, 106.824. There is Bourdais' time. He's just gone personal best in sector one, but uh, not quick in sector two for Bourdais. Uh, nor on the overall lap, which was a 108.2 again. So Bourdais really struggling. There's a checkered flag comes out. This is the final opportunity now for Sebastian Bourdais up the hill towards turn three over the crest there. Uh, carries all, a lot of speed on the exit of that corner. Let's see the uh, first sector time for Bourdais is his best. 19.7 in that first sector for that 0-1 Cadillac, but that's a full four tenths in that first sector, which is less than 20 seconds for Sebastian Bourdais. Checkered flag is out. No improvement for the top several in this session. Sebastian Bourdais uh, has uh, gone personal best in the first two sectors. Just uh, the final couple of corners to go now for the Frenchman. He comes into turn 10. Finally got some heat and temperature into those tyres. It took five or six laps to do so. A little bit tentative on the exit of the corner, but he does improve. Uh, and he goes fourth fastest, does Sebastian Bourdais. He goes to, from ninth to fourth with a 106.776 for Sebastian Bourdais. Shea, that was a good lap for the Frenchman there. It was a great lap. And I'm standing out here on the pit while watching him come through turn 10. He had four wheels practically on the curb, the rumble strip, the exit, pushing super hard. So for him to extract that last little bit of speed, that's what the Chip Ganassi mechanics need to know that their car is fast. And that's what they need going into qualifying. But it's going to be Ricky Taylor, who is happiest of all the drivers at the end of this Having set the fastest lap time, I'm also very impressed by what we saw from Jack Hawksworth to go to the top of the GT cars overall, one and done. Then he parked it, and Lexus, Faster Sullivan, proceeded to do pit stop practice. Is now the last of the cars rolling into the pit lane, and I think that's going to be all she wrote for practice. Up next, qualifying. That's right, in three hours' time, we'll have the uh, qualifying sessions for the IMSA WeatherTech Sports Car Championship. A great lap by Sebastian Bourdais. There moves himself up into fourth position. The uh, the other Cadillac, Pipo Durrani, also improved on that final lap. Uh, 107.1 for Pipo Durrani, but good enough for only seventh on the charts. Four tenths behind Sebastian Bourdais, uh, uh, who in turn is almost a second behind the Acura of Ricky Taylor. So the former qualifying king there. 105.870 for Ricky Taylor. That's the fastest time in this session, 
Second fastest, Tom Blomqvist in the other Acura Formar Shank Racing, 106.1. Then a big gap back to the Porsche of Felipe Nasser, 106.7. Uh, and also 106.7 for Sebastian Wood, a fourth fastest. Top five rounded out by Matthew Jaminet in the second of the Penske Porsches. Kind of a six, a 106.8 in GTD Pro, as Shay Adam just told us. Jack Hawksworth fastest, 114.959. That's a great lap once again from Jack Hawksworth, who's on the crest of a, a confidence wave at the moment. Jules Gugnot improved right at the end also in the WeatherTech Mercedes to go second fastest in GTD Pro at 1 minute 15.3. And he's a tenth quicker than Jordan Taylor, who rounds up the top three in GTD Pro for Corvette. That's it for this practice session. We'll be back out for qualifying in a few hours' time. We'll look forward to joining us then. This programme is a Radio Show Limited production. For more, check imsaradio.com and subscribe to IMSA Radio wherever you get your podcasts.